Just let the whole song go. Like, well, we're not in a hurry, right? What? Slow bus? Hi there, sports fans. Welcome. Uh, uh, Hebsey on Sports, episode 328 is the Good Friday, Passover, Ramadan edition. All right? Like triple threat. Everyone is commemorating or celebrating or acknowledging, I think, just about everyone, um, some form of uh, the uh, aforementioned uh, holidays, I guess you would say. We call them holidays, right? Good Friday's a holiday. Easter's yeah. a holiday. Passover's a holiday. Yep. Uh, Ramadan, is that, would, that be considered a, would that be considered a holiday? Because you, you fast, but you don't, like, not work. Am I right there? And you pray five or, or multiple times a day at certain times. So it's a set, would it be a celebration? Holy, anyway, we're acknowledging all of you today because we're inclusive on this show. Unlike some people, there's one on every team, not going to wear the sticker, not going to wear the jersey, NHL. Okay, that's all right because your family's in danger. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Hey, Trump got arrested, eh? Not that that has anything to do with sports, but I interviewed him twice back in 19, like what was it, 83? When he was the owner of the New Jersey Generals. He was a prick then and he's a prick now. Anyway, uh, today on the show, <laughs> welcome to Asdy on Sports. Today on the show, uh, the Maple Leafs now know what playoff hockey is going to be like this year after running into the Boston Bruins, who, by the way, are not going to set records this year, despite what your people are telling you. Most wins, most this, most that, most points. Bullshit. Okay? Because there's a thing called the loser point, which changes everything when it comes to history. And it shouldn't. Okay? It shouldn't have anything to do with it. Okay? Oh, we're going to add an extra point for the last how many years? Are you kidding? Back in the days when the Habs were steamrolling everybody, can you imagine if they had like a loser point too? Huh? I got 150 points a season. And we'll talk about that in other hockey stuff because the playoffs are uh, starting very soon, but not as soon as the NBA playoffs. The play-in. It's not not the playoffs. The play-in. The Raptors still life and death to gain a postseason berth, but they will be in the play-in. Big game tonight against Boston, and we're hoping for an Atlanta loss to Philly. I like scoreboard watching. Back in the day, scoreboard watching was different. Now, just go to your device. Happen, get alerts. Happens like right real, real time. Real time. But back then, if you wanted to know what was happening between the Atlanta Hawks and the Philadelphia 76ers. Man, are you kidding? You had to do some work. You had to be resourceful. The Toronto Blue Jays said adios to Kansas City with three straight wins. Does anybody know what a Dalton hat trick is? Anybody? 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 Only Varsho and Pompey have done it in a Blue Jays uniform. Oh, yeah, and there's this Masters golf tournament. Have you heard of this before? <laughs> Fully underway, but the weather is expected to cause all kinds of chaos this weekend at Augusta National. And let me tell you, folks, there's nothing uglier. I don't care how beautiful Augusta National is. There's nothing worse than rain, constant rain, cold rain on a golf course. Nothing worse. Because even if you love golf, you're like, man, there's no, I'm, I ain't getting out there. I don't have a caddy holding an umbrella over my head while the wind's howling. I'm trying to negotiate the 15th at 65 yards longer now. You notice that everybody at like, you know, in the golf tournament is like, everyone's like sort of brave. Oh, you got to be brave to play Augusta National. You got to have (laughs) guts. You got to have intestinal fortitude. You got to look at Tiger Woods. He's limping. Look at the man almost had his leg amputated. What a human being. He should be a saint, according to these broadcasters, right? 
Right. And the live guys who play in the live tournament, non-existent. Didn't even mention the guy, you know? Oh, there's so-and-so. No, no, no shot of him. We're CBS. We don't pay any. No, we're, we're PGA Tour. This is CBS. Don't show those guys. Don't show them. <clears throat> anyway, uh, the weather here in Southern Ontario looks like it's going to be awesome next week. Uh, maybe a little too awesome for early April. I'm a little worried about this, Mike. This is not the way it's supposed to be. You don't go from minus temperatures to zero to 11, 15, 22, 27. I don't like that. I like a nice, you know, I, I, I miss the days of it being 15 degrees. And then, and then maybe, you know, oh, it's going up to 18 later this week. Oh, and then, and then maybe a couple, in a couple of weeks, it's, oh, it's, it's in the low 20s. Nice, like a steady little climb. But this is no spring. We're not going to have any spring. It could be 25 degrees next week, 27 degrees. Woo. Cooler by the lake. Good for you if you're riding a bike, I guess. Yeah, and so. cooler by the lake, I'll tell you. When you, you're talking about 25, I'm that's telling right. you. That's always, that's, are you a 680 news weather forecast? <laughs> and cooler by the lake. That's sort of, a, and at the very end, you have to say, you know. It's a caveat. We reach the weather guarantee. And by the way, it's, of course, you know this, it's cooler by the lake. Right. Currently 100 degrees, 100 degrees, but cooler by the lake. Yeah, when, you, when you're wearing shorts up there in uh, Markham, Stouffville, wherever the heck you are now, Mr. Hebsher, I'm going to be wearing a jacket down here. I'm broadcasting from Butler Cabin on the grounds of Augusta National. Woo! I'm watching the TSN guys. I'm like, these guys, these guys have got it made. Except I think they drive down. I think Bob Weeks, I know, was like, he's like, you're driving. You got to drive down. I was like, guys, you want to go to the Masters? We're not flying in. You know, get in the car. Grab. So it's like, can I take my clubs with me? Of course. Okay, I'm going down. I'm going to cover. I'm going to sit with, with you know, with, with Duffy and Graham Delat, and, and we're going to shoot the breeze, and we're going to, right. you know, hey, there's so-and-so over there, and oh, there's so-and-so. And, and, you know, I just think that's the best gig. I mean, you've got to earn that gig to be able to go to Augusta National, all right? And I don't care what anyone tells you. That's not work. That is fun. That, that is fun. Yeah, that's a good gig. I like to have that gig. It always leads to um, great stories, too. Great stories. Uh, just get Rod Black talking about those stories. They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Blackie went down there for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. For a long time. You know, it's funny you mentioned his name. You know, I was thinking of all the people that, like, I'm old, man. Like, I'm too old for this business. And I'm thinking of all the different people that I saw on television um, doing sports casts, being part of the live uh, broadcast itself, uh, being part of the intermissions, the pregame, the postgame the panels, the whole thing like that. And I, I'll bet you, mm -hmm. I saw just on the Canadian sports networks, 150, 100 right. different people oh, easy. on air, voices here, there, panelists, who's that, who's that, who's that, who's that, who's that, who's that? all these people. I'm thinking, you know, back in the day, there were, there were, you know, 15 or 20, right? On the various stations. Well, yes, you're right. Because I mean, maybe, had... maybe 30 or so, right? The same yeah. people were now, like I say, when I, when I watch Sportsnet and I watch the intermissions, like I'm like, holy cow, Elliot Friedman's on every day. Yeah. He's becoming overexposed. And I think he's great. I think he's great. But, but you know, I hear him on radio. He's doing 32 thoughts. He's on all the time, right? And I mean, the playoffs haven't even started. I mean, I hope when the season's over, he gets to just go away and, like, you know, grow a beard for six months. Well, you know he will. He'll have that beard by August, for sure. Crazy. <laughs> the amount of work I see that people are doing, the, the amount of times that they're on, you know, different platforms doing their thing is remarkable. And certainly not like it was, you know, back in the day. 
what you should do, Hebsy, this uh, this you know this weekend is you need to come up with that list of the hundred and fifty different uh, faces you've seen. On, uh, Here's the problem. I'm not sure. I'm not positive of the identity of half of them. Right. If I see a quick shot, I see let's say three women, and I'm like, oh, is that Lindsay Hamilton, Kelsey right. Lalonde, uh, Claire Hannah, and I'm just throwing names out here. Okay, and that, it's not Kara Wagland, and it's not. Um, <laughs> That's a bonhomme, and it's not Gerald Pounder. And, it's, and I'm just sort of going over, <clears throat> or am I watching Sportsnet here? And okay, I know Caroline Cameron, and um, but is that Jennifer Botterill? Sport, is, that, is that Cassie Campbell? So quick look. So now when right. you watch as much sports as I do, you're like, now you're like, who, who did I see? Who was that? Who said that? Who were they with? Was it on the panel? Was it like, you know, did I, did I see the clip on Twitter? And my mind just goes in a million directions and my head's about to explode. And I don't want to be like that. <laughs> Who do you think the, uh, I'm not working in the business because it right. would be, the quizzes would be <laughs> how much sports do you consume? And I'm going, well, this many hours. And my boss would say, not enough. Oh, for not you, enough. that's impossible. impossible. You've got to know everything. You've got to know. And if you don't know something, you're going to get mocked or someone's going to call you out on Twitter or whatever. Like, <laughs> oh, geez, I didn't know that. You didn't know that. You know, people like that, like. Oh, You'll say God, something, yeah. you say, oh, you know, when I watched um, the Shawshank Redemption, oh, I never saw the Shawshank Redemption. You <laughs> never saw the Shawshank Redemption? Right, right. Like Kenny Reed does that to Ivanka Osman. You you <laughs> never saw the, oh, like, you know, like anyone who's, you know, it's in their top movies. It's like, how could you never have seen, like, you never saw The Godfather? Who do you think's the oldest uh, actively working uh, face you'll see on Canadian sports media? On Canadian sports media? Yeah, like, like who's the oldest person you'll see? Like Vic Router. Yeah, I guess so. He's probably mid-60s or something, right? Well, Vic's older than me. So oh, Vic, okay. I would say, is 67. Vic's, I don't know, 68 or 69, I'm just going to say. I mean, Vic, Vic has been on constantly for, yeah, he does the curling and he does right. soccer. And I haven't seen him on the desk. You know, maybe he might have filled in. He did auto racing for years. So, but like Vic's... You know, he's the oldest, I think, the longest serving, mm. you know, commentator on air. I'm just trying to think. I mean, yeah, I'm putting you on the spot here, but that's what I do have. Yeah, you are. Okay. Well, let's let our let's, <laughs> that's let's a good answer. Listeners, let's invite the listeners, or the viewers, those on YouTube <laughs> right. to chime in if they think they know. So, you know, this is a pretty vague question, but essentially who's been around like the longest, you know, you know, we're pretty sure that they're old. I mean, Austin Delaney was 72, according to. CTV really wasn't, <laughs> but you know, it's like, I don't know, Mike, I'm, a, I'm of the age where, you know, I can look at someone and go, I'm not sure if that person age wise is 22 or 32. Could they, right. You know what I mean? Right, right, There's right. Big right. gaps now where, you know, age really doesn't matter. I think Austin's um, like 61 or something like that. I think. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah it's that kind of a right thing. And, but as you know, once you're around the age, once you're around the 60, around 60, you know, there's some boss there who's 45 that's going, mm, we got to go younger. Or cheaper. And or cheaper. Well, what usually it's the same. Younger like, means cheaper. Less experience means cheaper. A lot of people say there's ageism, and I say, I don't think it's ageism as much as it's high wageism. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For right. sure. If you can fly under the radar. Right. When it comes to the amount of money, if people are going, oh, we got to cut costs, okay? And they see your name, they're going, oh, you've been here for this many years. I mean, it's, it's, you don't mm -hmm. have to be a genius to figure that one out okay when i was at um when i was at global mm -hmm. and i don't remember exactly how much i was making but i know that that when they looked at the numbers they went oh jesus christ we can get a, a, another anchor right. and a new and another reporter 
and still save ourselves. And you a know, new, we could get a new studio, grand. right? Fifty grand, fifty grand, right? Right. And so, what, and from a business standpoint, why wouldn't they? Like, why wouldn't they? I mean, if TSN and Sportsnet knows that if they keep, you know, name off, you know, the people that have been let Ron go McC- over oh, the years. I mean, right. You well, know, we started with Rod Black, but just think yeah. of all the people. Okay, I don't have to right. name them all. We know who we're talking about. People who were on for years and now aren't on, and they were all replaced by people or two people that had considerably less experience mm-hmm. were happy to happy to be working in sports media in Toronto, their mm-hmm. dream. Right. Right. And, and are in a position where, I mean, I don't know what their contractual situation is, how much they're making, or if they're on call, like you're going to do this and you're going to do this and you're going to do this for digital and you can do that for sportsnet.ca and you can do that for tsn.ca. You can do that for tsn radio. And you, you know what I mean? I totally all encompassing, you know, this is what you're going to do. So now you find people look back in the day, Mike, you had a camera person, you had an audio person, you had a field producer and a reporter. And then eventually that shrunk to three people. And then pretty soon the camera operator was also the editor. And then pretty soon the camera operator was also the talent. Turn the camera around. Hi, I'm your reporter and I'm your videographer and I'm going to edit this. And then I'm going to be on the desk to introduce (laughs) it to you at home. Right. So it's just evolved into, you know, how much can you do for me? And I I just sort of envisioned like someone like Elliot Friedman all day long. He's on the phone. He's on his phone. I'm on, I'm on the air with you. I'm doing Jeff Merrick's show. I'm doing 32 thoughts. We're recording this. I'm on TV tonight. I go, he's like a teacher though. He goes hard and then he takes a couple of months off as you should. And he's, he's really good. But I mean, you know, my worry is always like, you know, you get stretched too thin. Right. And you know, like you said before, like, you know, when he called that swimming race, um, right. you know, miscalled Lochte, Ryan Lochte, right. You know, yeah. Michael you know, Phelps. that's like, you know, well, you know, what caused that? Was he overworked? Did they just give him to, did they say Elliot can handle this? Do you think he's the, terrific? You think give yeah. him more work? Just give him more work. He's right. terrific. He loves it. He'll never say no. Just give him more work and more responsibility. And he's got to call this radio station and that. And he's gonna record this and he's gonna do like just and he's on every night. You're on Monday night hockey, Wednesday night hockey, Saturday night hockey. You're on the playoffs. You're on every night. See, I I don't think Don Cherry was on every night back when the playoffs were on CBC. I don't think so. I don't every think every, every other night. night, maybe maybe just I the think it was every other night. <laughs> I don't think it was every night. I don't think he was on thirty. I, I I could be wrong, but I don't believe in the playoffs that they they overexposed him that or they exposed him that much. Now again, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems to me that like especially this year in the playoffs. Man, it's going to be your heavy hitters, man. This is what you pay these guys for. This is what you pay these people for. You want your best people out there and you want them on a lot. And when you've got that much time, when you're a sports network and you've got all the time in the world to cover this, all the time in the world, you're going to be leaning on on these people. It's like those six-hour pregame shows for the Grey Cup. It's sort of, it's a one-off, right? It's Grey Cup. Yeah. Well, guess what? It's like that every night now. It's going to be like that every night. How badly do you think the uh, Sportsnet people, how badly are they hoping that there's a long Leafs run? I mean, when they got this big deal for whatever, 12-year, 5 billion. They Always. Mean, it's money, money. Big money. Are you kidding me? If the Leafs get two rounds in, it makes they make their money back. I think. But, but again, I think nowadays, more so than just the TV ratings and what you can charge, what, you know, right. uh, advertisers for the time, you just got... Um, you know, with streaming and with, I don't know, everything else, I, I don't know how much revenue, much more revenue, but I got to believe that, you know, the longer the, the Leafs are, you know, just in concession sales alone, how, the longer the Leafs are in it, 
just the more well, the viewership would be it's like the difference well, from one million and five million, uh, right? Like I'm but thinking even just the social media posts and just everything to do with it and the logo and apparel and oh my god, it was just maybe I don't I want it's incalculable to me. I don't look these things over. Someone like Adam Seaborn probably would be able to say, you know, if the Leafs can get this much, they could charge this much for ads and then this much more in concessions and, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, it's mind boggling how much money can be made. I'm going to talk about how much money the masters makes actually in a couple. Okay. Okay. So just uh, quickly, because we, we asked your, uh, your fanatics on your YouTube channel about the uh, oldest person in Canadian media. But uh, one guest from Craig Miller is he thinks it's Joe Bowen. Is Joe Bowen older than Vic Router? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Joe, uh, but uh, yeah, Joe works the hockey season and I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. If, yeah. He from qualifies. An age standpoint, yeah. Yeah. He would, yeah, for sure. He, he would for right. sure qualify the same way, you know? Um, yeah. I guess and then so. one more thing, Joe, Joe's yeah. been doing it since the early eighties. Right. And Holy he's, Mac, uh, and he's done it every season. It's now there hasn't been on a season, you know, whenever there's a leaf season, Joe's been doing the play by play in some way, shape or form TV, radio, both the whole deal like that. Um, yeah, so I would say uh, you know he's uh, he's certainly right up there. Joel uh, Joel Lustig wants to know about your hat. Can you just tell us? Uh, oh, sure, that's a Tottenham Hotspurs hat. Yeah, yeah, Spurs. I'm a Spurs fan. <laughs> I'm a Spurs fan, and I'm a Maple Leafs fan. So if you understand either team, you'll understand <laughs> that if you're a fan of both, you're like doubly cursed. Spurs haven't won a, any kind of a trophy, you know, since the year of the small potato. <laughs> Maple Leafs haven't won the Stanley Cup, as you know, in fifty seven years now 56 years now it's just mind-boggling right and so to to follow a team for that many years and not see a championship yeah it's just you Ooh. know I'm, I'm 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 a masochist <laughs> and i'm wearing a hat too and i got my spurs underwear on he's uh, his Hoping son is a best. huge his son is a huge uh, newcastle fan yeah get the fuck out of here <laughs> get off the youtube right off. block get out of here I didn't want to bring it up. I'm not bringing it up on the show because I don't want to burden you with my fanaticism of Tottenham Hotspur. But, you know, Mr. Lustig from Thornhill decided he was going to bring it up. And then little Jabberino because <laughs> he's a Newcastle fan. Okay. All right. This is like a bonus red carpet. I feel like this is like we're all warming up here on a on a Friday right. morning. Well, this is what we want. This is what we want. This is, you know, look, every Ramadan we go nuts on the show, right? <laughs> You know, we don't eat for a while and we go fucking crazy. All right. <laughs> Ready to go. This is also what happens if you don't eat bread for a few days, you know, like in Passover. Yeah. Happy Passover to, to you. Anything, happy Passover, you know, Hebsey. No. My apologies. All these uh, religions flying around. I mean, I uh, you're like, oh, fuck, is it another Jewish holiday? Jesus. Which one's this again? Well, I also don't. Is this the one with the candles? I don't care for the Christian holidays either. So it's. Uh... <laughs> no, is this the one with the candles? Or is this the one where you don't eat? Is this the one where you eat, but you can't eat bread? Right. Is this the one with the fruit? Which I always like to know if one? it's a happy one or a sad one. That's always what I mentioned. Like, this is a happy one. Well, that's why people are afraid to go, you know, do I say happy yeah. Ramadan? Like, is it merry, happy Christmas? Because you don't is go happy, happy Good time? Friday, right? Because it's like, that's the day well, that their savior died on the cross, happy right? Happy so, Yom Kippur, everybody. Now we fast for 24 hours to right. cleanse our sins. So, you know, to, to put a happy in front of everything like that. Right. Like, happy Arbor Day, you know. Right, happy, right. Happy Remembrance happy Casual Day. Friday, whatever. Okay, just happy to be alive, I guess. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so where was I, Mike? All right, I think we got to talk Blue Jays. Oh, you're talking about that. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I'm dying. I'm just sitting here patiently waiting for some. Well, ask Jays me. Talk. What did you want? You know, what did you want to ask? Ask me. 
Is there something else you want to ask me before I get started? My no, I get no, no. I want uh, I want you to do your thing. There's so much going on right now. Like for example, my passions right now is I'm kind of getting jazzed up for uh, for the Maple Leaf playoff season. There's this Raptors play-in thing going on. I'm also excited Blue Jay baseball is back and that we, you know, after a little rough stumble yeah. off the top, we're back to... We're not going to talk about any of that today. Oh. Okay? That, none of that's important today. There's only one thing that's important. Today. Masters. I'm kidding. <laughs> Look, as a Toronto sports commentator for nearly five decades, I know. What? What are you talking about? Well, we started in the 70s, 80s, 90s, aughts, you know, teens, 20s. What's that? Um, this time of year makes me nervous. It makes me, it fills me with trepidation, Mike. And it always has to do with the Maple Leafs, always, and the fear that they'll somehow find a way to keep that 56-year Stanley Cup drought alive. And we all know in the backs of our minds, there's if it could be done, the Leafs will probably find a way to do it. It's just been the history of that team. Not, it's got nothing to do with Mitch Marner. He wasn't around for all that. And Austin, they weren't around for all of it. Well, some of it, a little bit of it, but not all of it. And they don't know. They haven't been around for as long as I have. Making the playoffs means nothing, nothing. And quite frankly, even winning around over the aging, brittle Tampa Bay Lightning might not be enough. Oh, it'll be nice for a while. Hoo-hoo, we won around. yip de doo We used to make fun of Montreal Canadiens fans when they won around saying, yeah, you guys won all those Stanley Cups. Now you're getting excited over winning <laughs> one round. Right. But we're jealous because we haven't won around since Jesus wore short pants. <laughs> but last night, it was a playoff game, right? NHL's best team, Boston Bruins, battled into a 60-minute standoff before losing it overtime 2-1 on a goal by David Posternock. The Bruins are the NHL's best team. Are they just as good as advertised? Because they won their 61st game of the year last night, which ties the NHL record of wins set by Detroit in 95-96 and tied by the Lightning in 2018-2019. But remember, today these are the days of what they call the loser point. The loser point means is that you just get yourself to overtime and you're guaranteed a point. right? You're get, that's, and then if you lose the game in overtime, yeah, you lost the game, but you got a point. Kind of like rewarding participants with participation ribbons instead of, you know, gold, silver, bronze. Hey, here's a medal. Here's a little trophy for participating. You know, you made it to overtime. Here's a point. Mm -hmm. Folks, back when the Montreal Canadiens were winning Stanley Cups in the 70s, they won 59 games or 60 games in a season. But there were regulation ties after 60 minutes. It's a tie. In fact, the year that the Habs won 60 games, they tied 12 games. Tied. So let's say they let's just say that they would have won six of those 12 games of overtime. Easy. 50% of them. Okay. And I don't think I'm stretching too much considering they were an amazing team. Right. Okay. Think about that. So that's six more points. Mm -hmm. All right. That's how many more wins? That's six more wins. So maybe the Habs would have ended up with 66 wins or 68 wins, maybe even 70 wins if they tied 12 games that went into overtime. Right? So let's compare apples with apples. The Boston Bruins are not the best team of all time. Even if they win two more games, they're not the best team of all time. They're just not. Okay? And there's no way you can configure it any other way. It's like when these baseball announcers say, Jim Tomei has more postseason home runs than Mickey Mantle. Fucking Mickey Mantle, the only postseason he ever played in was the World Series. If they didn't get to the World Series, that was it. The most games he could play, the most postseason games he could play in any one year was seven. Seven. Okay, freaking Jim Tomey, when he played wild card division series, championship series, world's freaking guy played 26 games one year. 
So how can you possibly compare when you're saying most postseason home runs? There's got to be some kind of an asterisk. There has to be something to account for. There's got to be, what do we call it, Mike? Oh, context. Right, right. So these announcers and these producers were saying, just shove these stats down people's throats. Don't give them context. Just give them the stat, right? If I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan from that time, where I played for Montreal, I'm going like this, fuck you. We were way better and we can prove it, Okay. We didn't have the opportunity to play three-on-three. Three. Can you imagine the Habs of the 70s playing three-on-three three overtime? Mike, <laughs> how many games would they really lose in overtime three-on-three? Three? Now LaFleur Robinson, there's shot. Now it's back to LaPointe over to Savard. Now there's LaMare. Are you fucking kidding me? The year that they tied 12 games, they probably would have won 10 of the 12 in overtime. And that's giving the opposition more credit. It would add 150 fucking points. So fuck right off with all this, you announcers. Give me context, please. It lost eight games all season, Mike, and then 10 games the following year. Wow. Wow. I mean, come on. Wow. Loser point. <laughs> and meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Lightning looked awful this week. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm getting excited as a Leaf fan going, we can beat these guys now. They got blown out by the Rangers on Wednesday with Vasilevsky in goal. Uh, like beaten up too, like some serious hitting and some scraps going on, some good scraps. At the end of the season, I don't mind the scraps because teams are literally fighting for a playoff spot, right? Right. Like a scrap in January. Yeah, okay, fine. But now it's like, oh man, we got three games left and we got to freaking win, so I'll kill you. Um. So Tampa, yeah, get beaten by the Islanders last night, smacked pretty good. And I'm thinking maybe, you know, maybe we take these guys out and maybe, and, and the, the way they played against Boston, you know, maybe, 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 I don't know. By the way, I apologize. Last week, for some reason, I'm, I, I, I couldn't read my own writing, but I thought that the Leafs were at home the same night that the Jays, like next Tuesday when the Jays are at home. Right. And in fact, the Leafs aren't. They're in, they're in Tampa because they're playing in Florida, in South Florida on Monday, and then they're playing in Tampa on Tuesday. That's it. So I correction. That one up, so. Uh, you've issued your official correction now, for the record. That's two apologies <laughs> in the last two shows. I'm losing it, man. I'm losing it. <laughs> Um, by the way, speaking of the sportscasters, of the, the 150 different sportscasters, panelists, analysts, sidekicks, hosts, bankers, whatever that I saw, right. voiceover announcers over the last weekend watching TSN and Sportsnet, and all their subsidiaries, by the way. Because, you know, when you watch City or you watch um, CFTO, or you, you still get, the, you get those people on, from the, you know, on the over-the-air stations, too. Right? And I'm flipping through my TV. I got Hazel Mays doing commercials for Voltanen. Like, I get aches and pains. I'm standing on my high heels all goddamn day long interviewing Vladdy Guerrero. I'm getting dunked by Gatorade, man. I need Voltaren. <laughs> it's omnipresent. Ah, <laughs> uh, where was I here? Yeah. Um, the Leaf game's in Tampa next Tuesday. So, yeah, so, so they're, they're hosting Montreal tomorrow, Leafs Montreal tomorrow. At the, uh, what do they call it? The friendly confines? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who did that. I, I got to know who the producer was. Yeah, just say friendly confines. And people are going, oh, well, Joe Bowen has used that before. I'm going, ah, yeah, mm, not really. I mean, and not when referring to the Scotiabank arena, he hasn't. He might have said it once at Maple Leaf Gardens, you know, back in the 80s. I don't know, but no. Friendly confines is Wrigley Field. 
Always. Always. Um, yeah, Leafs at home to Montreal tomorrow, then in South Florida Monday, then in Tampa Tuesday. And by the way, those sportscasters, those sportscasters who continue to say that the Leafs have made the playoffs seven years in a row, stop reading the propaganda that comes out from the National Hockey League and the Toronto Maple Leafs publicity department. Could you please have an original thought? Look it up. They weren't in the playoffs in 2020. They weren't. That's not the playoffs. It's a play-in. They lost to a play-in to Columbus. It's not the postseason. It's not the playoffs. No matter how you slice it, so fuck off with that. <laughs> stop it. Have an original thought. Oh, I can't. I work for Rogers, and Rogers is a part owner, and I can't do that because then it would be taking away from the statistics that we're trying to prove today. That are, oh, no, have an original thought. Listen, is that just show. laziness, Ebsy? I'll straighten you out, but don't listen to these people going. And the Maple Leafs have made the postseason seven years in a row. No, they haven't. Is that just laziness? Like, it's just, this is handed yes. to you and it's it, easier it's to just copy and paste. It's laziness and it's also, let's not rock the company boat because I could be the next one to get the tap on the shoulder. You know what that means, Mike, the tap on the shoulder. Yeah, I do, I do. Manager wants to see you in his office and bring your playbook. That's an NFL, that's a football thing. But it's like that tap, that tap on the shoulder, that, uh-oh. So I don't want to do anything that that would give my boss or his boss or the bean counters any reason to go up uh, up uh, we we heard what you said Mm-mm, can't say that sorry gone <laughs> that's, well, that's scary can you blame them especially though if you're, especially if you've been around for a while you're in your 50s let's say and you're like you're looking over your shoulder going you know, my friend just lost his job. That person was in the business for this many years. That person said that. That person tweeted that. That person, they found, they had a picture taken with so-and-so. That referee was had a picture taken with a player and all this suspicion. Add the gambling aspect to it now. The fact that everybody can gamble and bet on the games. The player, I'm surprised. They haven't come up with a player yet going, yep, when I'm on the ice, hi, I'm Steve Stamkos. When I'm on the ice, I'm always betting for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Did you see the odds we had the other night against the Rangers? <laughs> Like how long before that happens? Like it's pretty obvious that if you thought your team could beat another team and you were a betting person and you could do it legally, why not? Why the hell not? Can you blame the these? Token, uh, if your team yeah. is injured and you guys are hurting and all that, and you're like, we're, we're never going to beat these guys. You're, you're telling me that if your friend goes, really, you don't think you can? Well, I don't think we can. Maybe I'll make a bet on the other team. Quick, quick, uh, quick question here, Ebsy. Do you blame any sports media personality in this country who is worried about, you know, the target on their back and getting, you know, getting losing their livelihood? Like, do you blame no. them for a second? No, I can't blame them for a second. I just think, as the viewer, as the consumer of media, we're um, we're we're not being served. We're really not being well served. You know, probably the best example of that is uh, this row with sixty minutes last week. Like, how could you go from being the bastion of journalism to allowing Marjorie Taylor Greene on and not having the questions from Leslie? So it was a huge deal. It's like we're being let down. It's like the stuff that we're consuming where we used to be, we used to trust people who were telling us these things. We're trusting people to sell us. Tiger Woods almost had his leg amputated. He did? Yes, he did. Believe me. From now on, you're going to watch Tiger Woods and you're going to go, look at that man. See that limp? He almost had his leg amputated. Folks, he didn't. He did not. There is no doctor anywhere, okay? Anywhere that said at any time that he could have lost his leg. This was Tiger saying, oh, I could have lost my leg. You could have? Really, Tiger? Tell us more. 
He didn't. <laughs> every single, sorry, every medical journal I read, every single comment was, no, that type of injury, no. And whoever's telling you that, that's bullshit. You, so, do, you do have somebody on your YouTube who looks forward to your, uh, I think ironically so, looks forward to you shitting on Tiger Woods every chance you get. Like, this is like the Tiger Woods. You know watch. what's going to happen with Tiger. We all know what's going to happen. He's already said this. Well, it's maybe, oh, Craig uh, Tiger, Miller. It's Craig this, Miller. Tiger, do you think this might be your last? <laughs> well, it could be. See, this is beautiful because they're setting you up to go, yeah, I don't think I can do this anymore. And then, of course, Tiger goes out and shoots 66. And people are like, oh, my God, it's a miracle. He's walking and he shot a 66. It's a miracle. He said he didn't think he, he said he almost had his leg amputated and, and he could barely walk. And now he's, and he can hit a golf ball and he can hit a golf ball straight. And now he can hit a golf ball better than anybody. Oh my God. It's Tiger Woods. Like, come on. He's a drama queen of all time. This is a guy that walks off the golf course. If he's not going to, play well tiger versus bianca who's the bigger drama queen in your opinion well tiger's much bigger drama queen because he's had more experience but you know what i'm talking about like you know there's people like this there's all kinds of them these are like the soccer players that do dives like that's the, the expression drama queen is you know there's a penalty in soccer for simulation it's when right. you pretend that you're got pulled down or dragged down or injured and when you didn't and that's go a down penalty. like you were shot yeah I mean, yeah, yeah it's a it's, penalty okay it's unsportsmanlike it's my it's, least right. favorite it's, part it's, of soccer the beautiful game is that that it's the diving. unsportsmanlike right mike it's like you go oh, that's unsportsmanlike let's play the game within the rules right. but it's gamesmanship but people do that i mean there's all different ways of calling it trash talking all that stuff um as an aside, did I tell you the story that when I interviewed Sevi Ballesteros many years ago, and uh, I asked him about he he was in, he was in a match when you play match play, Mike, right? Uh, in match play, when it's just you against the other person, right? In that hole, and if let's say you're you make a birdie putt, right? Or or let's say you've got a you 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 cozy your putt up and it's a, a foot away, okay? The other player can say, just pick it up, right? Don't, you don't have to putt it. I'm going right. to give you that putt. I know you're going to make that putt, right? Well, what Seve used to do was, a guy would leave it, let's say, four or five feet short, and Seve would give him the putt. And you go, like, what are you doing? Make him putt that. If he misses, you're going to win the hole. Seve would give him the putt, a four-footer, a three-footer, a little tricky one. He'd give him the putt, right? And the rule is, not the rule, but the thing is this. If I give you the putt, don't putt it. I've given it to you. Just pick it up. And then the guy says, just pick it up. And so after about 10 holes, this guy that Sevi's playing against, this guy hasn't had to make a putt. Everything that's nearby, Sevi's given it to him. Now in the 17th hole, right? This guy's got a two-footer downhill. And it's a big putt, and Sevi doesn't give it to him. He's going to make him putt this putt. Right? He's going to make him putt it. Right. And this guy hasn't had a putt all day. He doesn't know. Means he's been picking up the putts, and he misses the putt. And afterwards... You know, a reporter had said to him, and he was, you know, talking about this after he says, he says, well, why did you do that? He goes, because he says, it doesn't matter to me early on. It makes no difference to me if he, you know, he probably would have made it. Yeah, he might have missed those early putts, but, you know, no big deal. But I want to get him later when he has, ha has no feel for the greens at all, where he wasn't in any condition, right? And now go ahead and try to make that tough putt at a pressure type point. And I right. thought about that. And that's gamesmanship, man. Like that is real reverse psychology gamesmanship, but I guess all is fair in love and war and competition, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So if you can gain a competitive edge by pretending you're injured 
or prolonging a, a thing like that or saying in advance, oh, I don't think I have any chance of winning. I don't even, I, I, I'll be lucky if I can walk the golf course. I mean, that's right. a beautiful thing to be able to do. Why would anyone not trust you? Why would anyone say, oh, I think he's full of shit. I think he's just playing games. This is all bullshit. We know the way people are. Human beings, if someone asks you in advance of something, say, what do you think is going to happen? What are you this? What are you going to that? What's the guy going to say? Come on. Oh, you know, do you think you can win? How about this? Do you think you can win the tournament this week, Tiger? Uh -huh. It's either going to be, why would I play? Why else would I play unless I can win? But now it's like, well, I'll be, I'll be happy just to be able to, you know, I'm thrilled to be here and to be able to finish. <laughs> what kind of a narrative is that going to set up? It's beautiful. Okay. All right. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, the Leafs have not made the playoffs seven years in a row. So don't believe anyone that tells you that they're lying. Meanwhile, the Winnipeg Jets and Calgary Flames. Okay, Canada, maybe, you know, Roger Sportsman is like, hey, maybe, you know, one of these two is going to get in, so we'll have something. But who gives a sh No one's going to be watching that, you know, when the Leafs are on. No one cares as much. But still, it's exciting stuff. This is why, you know, you play 82 games for this. You know, by game 79, now these games are super meaningful. It comes down to the end of the schedule. And, you know, Winnipeg choked and gagged on Calgary the other night. Calgary beat them in Winnipeg, you know, after losing the night before to Chicago. So the Flames... And Jets are tied, but uh, both teams have 89 points, but the Jets have a game in hand. And then the East, you've got the Panthers and Islanders, each with 89 points, and they've got the two wildcard spots, and Pittsburgh is one point behind them. The Pittsburgh on the outside looking in. All teams have three games remaining. Can be a very exciting final weekend in the National Hockey League and the NBA, too, uh, because the season, the NBA season ends Sunday. And you've got the Raptors. Uh, they're one game back of Atlanta for um, – eighth place, which means they would play in the seven, eight game. Atlanta would play Miami in the seven, eight game. So what you got right now is you got the Raptors likely hosting the play in game against Chicago next Tuesday. No, it can't be, can it be next Tuesday? Because that's the night of the Jays opener. Or would it be Wednesday? I think it might be Tuesday. I think that's when it starts. Get it right. Hebsey. Your reputation eight, is at stake. Nine, 10 game is Tuesday. I think the nine, 10 game is Tuesday. The seven eight game is Wednesday, and then yeah, or something like that. Anyway, I'm not sure. I know they're selling tickets. I don't think they have the date. But if it's Tuesday, it's going to be wild because the Jays opener is Tuesday. Anyway, anyway, crazy. Um, so the Raptors are going to play um, at Milwaukee on Sunday, and then likely hosting the Bulls unless uh, let's see, unless unless they can win their last two games and Atlanta loses their last two games. Then we would play Miami for the 7-8 game. So Atlanta's got uh, Philadelphia today, and they got Boston, and the Raptors have um, – uh, who do the Raptors have tonight? Oh, Boston. They're in Boston again. Yeah, this week they've got – they had two games in Charlotte, one in both, and now they've got two games in Boston. They lost the other night, and they've got another one tonight. Okay. I'm a little bit concerned about Nick Nurse, Mike. There's a lot of the comments lately have been kind of like, you know, when the season's over, I'm going to reevaluate. The Raptors have not offered him a contract extension. He's been with the organization 10 years. It looks a little burned out. This season looks like it's really taken its toll on him. And it's almost like you're talking about, you know, even if we get in the playoffs, we're not going to do anything. And I'm looking at this going, I think, I don't know. Everyone is saying that the team is in disarray, that with all the talent they have, they, they should be better. Um, you know, they're going to be a 500 team, either right on or just under. Uh, I don't know, man. It's it's tough tough to get a handle on this, but it just doesn't seem to me that 
Uh, you know, they're not showing any outward confidence of, you know, just get us in the playoffs and, you know, if we win that, it will be fine. And, you know, we think we can, we, we think we can beat Boston or we think we can beat Milwaukee. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Maybe, uh, maybe he's already uh, gone to Houston or whatever. Like maybe he's already checked out Nick Nurse, I mean. I don't know. Tough one. I like Nick Nurse. And I think he's a good coach. But I mean, I guess like anything else, you can only be at, at some place so long. And it's you almost know. like we're resigned to the fact that, yeah, we'll get the play in. Maybe we'll get the eight seed. Who knows? But uh, not a great season. And also, he's one of those interesting, uh, you know, coaches where he he got the chip right off the bat, right? Like, his, you know, he's like Yager, right? He got his uh, Stanley Cup rings right away, so well, he, he didn't have to worry assistant. about it again. No, he was he was on Dwayne Casey's staff as an assistant. I know, coach, I know, but right? when he but but as a head coach, I mean, uh, so he gets his ring, and then uh, now he yeah. can kind of. I think he probably wants to end up in uh, in the states uh, with a lucrative deal somewhere. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised, and uh, he's um, served us well. Winningest all-time coach of the Raptors, right? And I, I heard, think, right? are you in line for, are you in line to be the next head coach of the Toronto Raptors? Oh my God, you could not pay me enough to be a coach. <laughs> I mean, talk about 24-7. Think of someone who's obsessed as a fan. Think of how obsessed you have to be and attention to detail if you're the head coach. Are you kidding me, Matt? I mean, you're eat, literally eat, eat, eating, sleeping, shitting, everything is about your team. Like, how, how could you have an outside life when, you know... Uh, unless unless your boss says, don't worry so much about winning. Take it easy. Spend time with your family. And I don't know too many bosses like that. And we need you to work harder. I don't know about you, Mike, because you work in a different type of industry, but you're working your ass off up until a certain age. Right. And then at a certain age, it's like, oh, you don't have to work. What age is hard. that? I just want to write it down. What is I don't the number? Know. Again, you know, wherever you're comfortable being able to say, I think I can relax and take some. Look, for my dad, yeah. it wasn't until he was in his, I would say, late 40s. Where it was like, look, man, you got to take some time off and enjoy life, you know, smell the flowers, uh, you know. Um, But before that, he never would take vacation, right? Work, work, and, you know, make hay while the sun shines, that type of thing. Right. Right. Anyway, this is from someone who's retired. Uh, I'm very comfortable with so life. that's now you're I comfortable to to work. Okay. i don't have to work for i don't have to work and i don't have to work for jerks because hebsy since this is gonna be a long episode anyways i know that in the past you've talked about like how you know you got an interesting call last night and it sounded like there were maybe like there was flirtations with actually getting back in it and having a you know mainstream media job but never ne- no, no because you, you kind of teased us with it, something about a year ago or so yeah yeah that's true there was something but again it's you know who, who here's the other thing how many times has someone, you know, let's say you agree to take a job and that's, this is the person that hired you. And within a certain amount of time, that person that hired you is gone. Right. You're either moved somewhere else in the company or they took a better job somewhere or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if this happens enough to, to you or people that you know, you understand the way the system works. You understand that the program director that hired you for this job, you know, well-paying job, and you can have all this freedom and this and that, you're going to do this and travel and all kinds of things and everything. And now that person's gone. A new company took over ownership of the company that you're working for. Big corporate takeover. They brought in their people. They moved out the people that you like. And now the people that they brought in, they look at you and go, who are you? We didn't hire you. You're not part of our plans. We have a five-year plan, a three-year plan, or whatever plan. You're not part of it. Off you go. And you go work for another company. And the person that hires you, they like you. Friends of yours. You've been friends for years. I'll give you an example, Mike. Two guys that you've had on the show. One for sure. Buddies, pals, best men at each other's weddings. I'll hire you. You hire me. It'll be great. Fabulous. Oh, wait a second. New owners. 
Mm-hmm. They don't like you. They don't like me. Mm. What are we going to do now? Uh-oh. Let's get out of here. Who, who's okay. left? Have you named these guys yet? No, you know who I'm talking about. You know who exactly who I'm talking about. Does it rhyme with Bumble and yeah. Dead? Hey, Roger's deal. Billion. Oh, okay. Okay. okay, and his okay. buddy from that side right, over yeah. there. And right. they buddies together. They grew up together on the other side of the tracks. Blah, 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 blah. Gotcha. You just never know. You, you don't know. There's no, you know, job security. You better have an airtight, you know, contract. And even if, you know, even if you do, you better get it looked over by the best lawyers because some way they'll find a way. So they'll find a way to off you go. So how Lisa come- LaFlam? Lisa yeah. LaFlam? Oh, right. you were good. Oh yeah. See ya. Wait, hold it a second. Right. What did I do wrong? Like how, like, is she not lying in bed going, what the, what was it? What was it? Someone personally didn't like my hair. What the fuck was it? Who needs that? But uh, one thing I'll say is just because, you know, again, I'm in a uh, holiday mode here, but uh, it seems to me like that core group of TSN guys are just there forever. Like, I feel like at this point with with Duffy and even Mackenzie, who's partially retired, but he comes mm-hmm. back all the time and uh, mm-hmm. Dreger and like there's Gino Retta still there. You know, Rod Smith is there. Or I mentioned Vic, Vic Rauder. Rauder. I mean, talk- like there's People a core they group. Hired, they can- they're, they're stable. Yes. Like they've been yeah. there for decades. Mm hmm. Absolutely. But they're not working now, for peanuts. Well, I don't know no, what they're making, but... Uh. No, they're not. But again, you know, these are the people that were told when uh, Rogers got that huge deal, that 12-year deal. These were people that were told, and I think there's only one of them that I can think of. Randorf would have been with the only mm. one that really went from TSN over to Rogers on that switch, right? Just about everybody else stayed. Right. Uh, um, yeah. And some went the other way. Mike Johnson went the other way, ended up going over to TSN. Good move for him. Um, But no, you're right. But TSN's been around longer. Okay. Much longer. TSN had a 15-year head start on Sportsnet. 15 years. Yeah. And how many of the people that started there, and even the ones that took over before Sportsnet started, even people that started in the 90s, you know, 30 years ago, Think about that. They started in the '90s. They weren't part of the original gang. Some of them are almost, but yeah, yeah. But head start. But and, just and to in say, that time period. You know, it's uh, it was owned by CTV. Then yeah. it was owned by Rogers, mm-hmm. right? And then who are the faces of Sportsnet? Who are the one? Like you just mentioned, Duffy and Drager and, and McKenzie and the people that have been there for a long time, right? The Vic Routers, mm-hmm. you know. So the, whatever the sport is, except for baseball, I'll take every sport except for baseball because that's owned by. Jays is all Rogers, right. but except for baseball, TSN handles all the other sports extremely well with capable producers, hosts, reporters, Yep. Uh, fewer, I find at TSN, fewer people who sort of just came out of college. Most of them have worked in other uh, media outlets before, from what I can tell. Whereas at Sportsnet, it's like, oh, you've got a, you got a pulse. Come on, put you on, we'll put you on TV. But just for the record, you know, Sportsnet's not a uh, upstart just showing up. It's 25 years old now. 25 oh, years old. Oh, I know. Old. I was there I know, at the beginning. Know. I know. <laughs> I know. I was there when it was owned by CTV. Right. And we, I told you, I used to I used to see all the TSN people, in, like in the makeup room, the lunchroom. I used to have dinner with Lloyd Robertson and Dave Duvall every night. I saw all these wow. guys. Wow. used to walk by them in the hallways. Right. They had a little uh, indoor bridge that went from, you know, the where Sportsnet was. Um, at the south, uh, north end of the complex. And it was sort of a, you could go outside, but there was this sort of indoor bridge that you could walk. And then you're into the main CFTO, you know, 
Phaeton Broadcasting, CTV, right. all that stuff. You've seen them all. It was the oddest, weirdest thing. And then it was bought by Rogers. And it was like, okay, you guys, you can't be owning Sportsnet and TSN. So you have to divest yourself. Right. That was back in 1999. Yeah. Crazy. All right. 48 minutes into the show. Let's talk baseball. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Let's do and it. I know some of you were worried. You're worried that the Blue Jays might come home to, from their road trip and, you know, to the new brand new Rogers Center at, at like one and nine. Like when they lost that first game of the series to Kansas City on Monday, we're like, oh my God, we're we're one and three. Oh my God. What if we're what if we're one and nine on this road trip and we come home and nobody's there? Not to worry. Come on. You can't even got some talent on this team. Toronto reeled off three straight wins over the lowly Royals. And I mean lowly. I think the Buffalo Bisons could beat the Royals. And the fans got a good look at the newcomers in action, eh? Kevin Kiermeyer, who killed us for years with Tampa. He's one of us now. Speed, defense, aggressive base running. That double yesterday, beautiful. Ditto for Dalton Varsho, who the other night pulled off a rare baseball hat trick. Mike, did you hear about this? Only from you on Twitter. Yeah, he threw out a runner from left field, threw out at the plate, okay, outfield assist. Mm -hmm. And then he hit a home run. Mm -hmm. Or did he hit the home run first? Anyway, hit a home run and delivered a perfect bunt single. A drag bunt at that, all in the same game. And I wondered aloud on, on Twitter and asked Blue Jays statistician Scott Carson, mm -hmm. friend of Hebsey, friend of Toronto Mike. F -O no, not actually, never been on Toronto Mike, but has been on Hebsey on sports. Well, he should be on Toronto I Mike. agree, I agree. Good. Anyway, I asked Scott Carson on Twitter, has, has anyone ever done this for the Blue Jays before? An outfield assist, a home run, and a, and a bunt single? The answer is yes, another Dalton. Dalton Pompey in 2015. So the Dalton hat trick, ladies and gentlemen, now means yeah. the Dalton hat trick, kind of like a Gordie Howe hat trick, but the Dalton hat trick is outfield assist, right? Home run, bunt single. What are the odds they'd both be Daltons? Incredible. Can you name and a third Blue Jay named Dalton? I cannot. That's amazing. Isn't it? Shut it down right now. We're never going to top that. I think that was uh, I think it was Kevin Glue from uh, from um, um, Oh yeah, Canadian baseball. He, Kevin, I think, good. was the one that came up with the you know Dalton, the Dalton, and he put the U in in uh, in brackets, D A, and then oh. U in brackets, L T O N, because they're spelled differently. Okay, cool. Eh? Okay. Yeah. Very so cool. There you go. The, the Dalton hat trick is Pompey and Varsho. Wow. Anyway, listen to this. Kevin Gosman, Alec Manoa, Yusei Kikuchi, Chris Bassett, and even Jose Barrios. 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 Look, look that, those five, that looks like a decent starting rotation. I know that Barrios has got to get his act together. Uh, the bullpen had a few hiccups early, but looks pretty solid, especially with Eric Swanson now helping out uh, Romano and uh, Yimmy Garcia in the late innings. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. The Jays begin a three-game set with the Angels tonight, but they won't see... Shohei Otani. At least they won't see him as a pitcher. Certainly going to see him as a hitter. He's going to drive him crazy, him and Trout. But Otani pitched and won uh, the other night, Wednesday night. So he, he he's not facing the Jays. We've got uh, Bassett going tonight. We got uh, is it Barrios or Barrios? Shit, I'm going to. It's, gonna it's Barrios because Keegan Matheson said it ten times down here, and I took Barrios. 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 Yeah, it's like, like bear. Barrios. Like ah, it's a bear. No, I didn't mean that. It was Barrios or Barrios. It's Berrios. Uh, and then Kikuchi, you say Kikuchi, and I say Kikuchi, you say Valichi, and I say Valuchi, Kikuchi, Kikuchi. Sunday. Do you want to talk about Bassett's first start, though, and how horrible that is for your debut on a team? Like, uh, can you imagine, can you, uh, do you remember a worse debut as a starting pitcher in Blue Jay history? 
a worst debut. Like, like if I remember correctly, and I I was watching it live, but uh, like yeah. it was like four nothing before he got an out or something, something like that. It was uh, just like a dreadful yeah. start to his Blue Jays. Well, career. listen, he decided he wanted to call his own pitches, and I told you when the Jays um, acquired him, he his the games that he pitched in were longer than any other pitcher in baseball, over three hours. Yeah. So he was used to being a three-hour pitcher, and this was taking signs from the catcher. Now. He's calling his own pitches. He ain't got fucking time to shit and wine. He just doesn't know what to do. So he didn't have a rhythm. And uh, I usually, the same with Manoa. You know, first start of the year, you know, whether it's your new team or not, you know, you're pumped, you're amped, you're whatever, you can't find the plate. Ah, I've seen worse. No big deal. He'll be fine. All right? You can't go by just one outing. Although we're keeping a very close eye on Barry. <laughs> very close eye because he's been shit. Right. It's been more and than remember, one outing. remember. Unlike the Royals, okay, these Angels have got some pop. Right. They can hit. The Royals are terrible. Should have won all four. Right. Okay, Mike, so next uh, Tuesday is the home opener at the newly renovated Rogers Center. And the Jays, now I thought this was very strange. Rather than wait to unveil all of this when the team was on the field, right, you know, for the game and the atmosphere, packed place, new stadium. They opened it up to the media and I guess some fans. I don't know how that worked, but like, come on, take a look at the empty Rogers Center and look at our new beer garden. Look at the metal bleachers that overlook the, the bullpen. And it's just going to be a drunk fest. We expect young people drinking heavily, uh, five different beer gardens. Uh, oh, there's Hazel May interviewing Mark Shapiro. Okay, Mark, so tell us about this year. You must be so excited for 2023. I mean, the fans can hardly wait. And, he, and I'm thinking it's going to be like, well, yeah, look at this lineup we've got and, you know, the depth we've got. And he's fucking talking about the lineup he's talking about, her fucking brisket sandwiches and goat roti as part of the new concessions. Instead of just the old concessions, we've got a great lineup of concessions leading off a brisket sandwich for $15. Like a fucking, what the fuck? This is what you're doing? I want to hear about this team. I'm going to invest 162 fucking nights watching this team. Telling me about the fucking concessions? Or the game hasn't even started yet. And while you're eating your jumbo fucking hot dog, I'll take a look over there. You can go sit on metal bleachers. And by the way, we expect fans to be there as soon as the game starts so they can rush up to these metal bleachers and sit and overlook the bullpen and then fucking spill beer on the opposing pitchers. <laughs> like, I'm watching this. They they even had a countdown on the jumbotron. Yeah. Like, all the media was there. Every member of every piece of media, everything was, you know, here's the unveiling. And they had this countdown on the jumbotron. Five, four, three, two, one, and then boom. And then they released this, I don't know, was it balloons or whatever the heck it was? It was, it was like, you know, here's the countdown to unveil whatever. Uh, come on. And then, oh, I could hardly wait to see the new It was a blowjob for like 45 minutes. Okay. Well, I mean, the, the fact PR. that Hazel, the fact that like you couldn't even weave some baseball stuff into this. Here's Mark Shapiro. It's like, what is Mark Shapiro thinking about the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays? What's he thinking? And he's like, I can hardly wait to see how the fans react to our five beer gardens <laughs> and especially our new feature this year. I would call it the Dalton Varsho of, of, of um, concessions. Now it's called, what's it called here? I had it written down. Um, it's you brew. Oh, it's called walk through brew. It's a grab and go beer. <laughs> now, instead of worrying because the games are going so fast that you're going to miss any of the action, you can just get up from your seat and you can go up to the concourse and just Grab a beer 
and swipe your card and be back in your seat before the inning is over instead of waiting in line. Isn't that a fabulous thing? Yes, but Mark, but what about the Dalton Varsho and Kevin Kiermeyer and the pitching staff? Well, we're super happy to tell them that there's brisket sandwiches now available in the Blue Jays clubhouse, just like the ones the fans are going to buy. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to have so many drunken kids up there eating Mary Brown's chicken, brisket sandwiches, goat roti, drinking beer, although not Budweiser, because, of course, they're supporting the LGBTQ plus community in the United States. Anyway, come on, man. I want to hear about baseball. Fucking before you even before any fan has experienced it, you're saying this is what it, this is what you, you know, you're in store for. So you're going to walk in and go, oh, mm. I want you to walk in going, I can hardly wait to see this team play. Not I can hardly wait to try the goat roti. <clears throat> yeah, sakes. you know, though, you can just in there. I'm not trying to defend them. It's all about making noise of PR. But you can watch this team play from the comforts of uh, from the <laughs> the comforts of your oh, own it's home. Gonna be so, oh, Mike, it's going to be so much more comfortable. Oh, I'm sure every fan that goes is just going to, oh, my God. It's just so much. No, it's just other places to drink. It's like, you know, this sponsored by you and we're going to open that up. It's because after all these years, they decided let's spend a couple hundred million dollars and like make it like a real ballpark. Like they can't do anything about the outside. Remember, you're still going to go in there in like a tunnel with the low ceilings and you still right. going to emerge to see, ah, oh. and they want people to walk around sure. like at other stadiums, right. get up and walk around. Right. That way, when you're coming back to your seat in the middle of an inning and people have to stand up and get out of the way and you're going, oh, I was at the concession stand. I got goat roti. I got brisket. I got a matzo ball soup. Look at this. I got matzo ball soup and sushi. And here I am <laughs> sitting back down at my seat. I got to get up to go to the bathroom in about a half an inning. But so that's what's going to happen. It's good. You're going to turn into a place that's going to be like a fucking museum. Uh, by the way, I'm trying to, sorry, sorry, I'm trying to sit and watch the game. Oh, I'm sorry, but I've got to go. I have to go over there. Section 321. That's where they got the free beer. You know what it reminds me of, Hebsy? When, when remember, like, it's all of a sudden airports turned into malls. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but that, the difference is that you're not sitting watching yeah. the tarmac, right. okay? You're sitting right. watching a game. And right. like, when me and Greg Brady went to Tiger, uh, to Comerica Park last year, like we spent, it's true, we spent half the time, we weren't that interested in the game. We didn't really care between Detroit and Chicago. We spent half the time walking around the concourse. Oh, there's the Ernie Harwell statue. Oh, there's right. the Al Kaline statue. Take a picture of me over there. What kind of food is that? Like, yeah, that's what they're trying. Come for the experience. And if the team wins, great. And if they don't win, eh, it's okay. At least you came. Got to sell some jerseys along with you that uh, overpriced beer. You got it. You got it. Um, so yeah, the games are now running like two and a half hours, like two hours and 20 minutes, two hours and eight minutes. There was a game the other, 157. Good. Good. Okay. I mean, Good. I look at the time of game before I look at the final score now. <clears throat> so the question is how much of a risk are you going to take by leaving your seat and going to the concession stands? Are they going to have more uh, um, vendors in the stands so you don't get up and bother other people and you get your food there? Or is it just going to be mass people getting up, going, grabbing a beer, coming back, waiting in line? Oh, I missed three innings. I've only been gone for 15 minutes. Yeah, well, you missed three innings. It's a fast game. <laughs> but wait a second. I just, nope, sorry, you missed three innings. It's the ninth already? Buyer beware. Like, because the games are like, like zipping by. Like the post-game show is now, hi, Joe Siddle and Jamie Campbell. We'll be with you for the next hour and 45 minutes to wrap this one up. But first, we're going to go back to Canada Vanka. Then we're going to go over to Shy. Now we've got, who do we got? We got Arden and we got um, Ben Nicholson-Smith in Kansas City. Okay? And we got, and, and there's Buck and there's Dan, and, and, you know, and, and now back to Jamie and Joe for more analysis, more post game. Here's the interview with, 
You know, the John Schneider interview, the clips from Bo, that's beautiful. They can spend so much time on the pre and post, the post game show now because the games are over in no time. Like that. You see, you see, be able to count on a three hour game. Imagine all the wives, okay? You know, they're home, honey's, he's going to be tied up for the next three hours. I can go off and do whatever the fuck I want. Now it's like, you know, two hours and six minutes, honey, what? I got to get home. Game's over already? What the hell? You talk about timing. You talk about people's routine. Mike, these games are going to be over so fast. It's going to be nothing. The pro, they're going to, there's going to be gaps in programming, right? Can you take it to the top of the hour? Jesus Christ, it's seven minutes after the hour. Yeah, but we, you know, we thought the game would be over by whatever. Anyway. But you must, I mean, I assume you're happy with this. I mean, they were too long. Games were too long. Like, I like a two and a half. I, that's why I like going to a soccer now. match. Too it's short like, now. They're too short. But two and a half they, they sounds like a sweet two, spot. No, it's not two and a half. It's 201, 208. But what's the average? What's the average? Do you know? Do you have these numbers in front Less of you? Less than 230. Okay, but... but I'm just telling you, it's too, it's too fast. They've done uh, too much. It's like like I told you about spring. There's no spring anymore. It goes right from winter to summer. It goes from 11 degrees <laughs> to 25. With baseball, it's the Mother same nature. thing. It's the same thing. Like, what happened? Where's the gradual... All right. Well, you got to find something like you go, to complain about. You can't about. go from three hours to two hours. That's nuts. You know, you go from three hours to 2.42. You get a 2.30. Like, you know, 2.01 to 1.57. Game's over. We're stuck in traffic. Oh, it's the fifth inning, buddy. You missed the fifth. What? What are you talking about, man? It's, it's, it's 20 to 8. The game started half an hour ago. Oh, yeah, we're in the fifth inning. Jesus. Sounds glorious to me. It's too fast. It's like if they took your favorite show and they cut it in half. The Sopranos is now half an hour. Go. But wait, wait, wait. It happened so fast. Anyway. Um, like I said, home opener Tuesday against Detroit. Can't, uh, can't wait to see what the players, what the players look like at this new stadium. Okay? Okay. I'm interested in the players. Let's talk some golf now. It's been, oh my God, an hour. But, but Hebsey, I know. Okay. But Hebsey, so, are you going to be at the, over yet? Are you at the home the opener? Must be over. Are you going to the home opener? Oh, no, never. But 46 never. years the ago. Worst just, game of the year. The just worst to, game of the year. Really? Oh, because the drunks? <laughs> oh, just because of everything. Everything's all blown right. out of proportion. I want so to go to game two. baseball. I don't want to see all the, I don't really care about the pop and circumstance. But you were not, there was no drinking allowed 46 years ago when you went to That's the right. first home. Well, open. there was no legal drinking allowed. That's they didn't what I mean. serve alcohol in the stadium, but trust me, more people had it than didn't. <laughs> All right, but okay. I just want to acknowledge it was Golf, 46 years ago Masters today. the Masters was spectacular, was great, was beautiful. The next couple of days, the weather's going to be horrible, they say. Rain already expected this morning. Uh, a bunch of guys have teed off. Brooks Kepka from the Live Tour, the Saudi Tour, is tied with PGA Tour stalwarts John Rahm and Victor Hovland at 700 par 65 atop mm-hmm. the leaderboard. Kepka uh, has already teed off in the second round. Uh, and like the weather the next couple of days, holy cheese. They're expecting like, it's going to be like... Uh, like Noah's Ark, man. Like it's going to rain all day and all night and who knows. Just unpredictable except thunderstorms, lightning, high winds at any time. And they're even talking, they, it might be a Monday finish, which they don't want to, they don't want to do that, man. But so expect delays if you're, uh, if you're following the Masters. Um, <clears throat> in the meantime, Mike, the Masters continues to be probably, I would say, the greatest, most lucrative sporting event in the world because it's only on for a week. Right? Like, right. That's it. One week. They take in about $150 million. And you're thinking, well, that's a lot, but boy, shouldn't it be more? And the answer is, yeah, it should be more. 
But this is the beauty of the masters. You know, you cannot buy the master, any master's logo, you know, the logo of the masters, right? The, the flag over the United States, the yellow. Um, you can only buy that stuff, any logoed stuff um, at the master's pro shop at Augusta National. You can't buy it online. You can't buy it any other place. You can't buy it at Walmart or whatever. And oh. so when you see the lineups at Augusta, just never met people who got tickets to go see it or walk the grounds. They're lined up. You think you think you were looking at a lineup at the Pearson Airport to get through customs for fuck's sakes, man. <laughs> like these are people lined up because you can't buy this shit anywhere else with the master's logo. I don't care if it's a keychain or if it's a, a, a you know, a suit of armor. That's branding. And so the masters, what they do is they leave all this money on the table. They charge two bucks for a sandwich, Mike. Two bucks. How do you do that? It's because they're exclusive, all right? And that's the beauty of it. That's the branding of it, mm. all right? And when CBS, and I don't know how much money they pay for masters rights, but it's a lot. They've had it forever. It is, without a doubt, they're, they're one of their, it's only for a week. But just the prestige of all of it. Is really something. I read a couple of articles about it, just how, how much money they can generate, you know, the TV ratings and uh, the exclusive sponsors and being able to, you know, show nonstop action without doing split screen stuff or, or that kind of thing. And even the sponsors, the major sponsors agreeing to only like run like a couple of minutes per hour. Like, where would you get that? If you're a title sponsor, say, I'm sorry, we're only going to put four minutes of commercials in every hour, four. Okay, and you're going to have to accept that. And they're like, okay, all right, because it's the Masters. Hmm. And you got announcers. I mean, Jim Nance is unbelievable at CBS, right? But, uh, you know, and he talks in such hushed tones. But the way he talks about Tiger Woods, it's not so much, like he wasn't talking about Phil Mickelson, because Phil Mickelson's a live tour. He's not going on about Brooks Kepka, and he's not going on about Bryson DeChambeau or Patrick Reed or, or, or even Cam Smith, uh, former, um, you know, Master Champ, uh, U.S. Open Champ. Um, he's not because these guys are, that's the live tour. That's the enemy. Jim Nance represents CBS. That's the PGA tour. Come on. There's Tiger Woods. You know, you, I can hear Jim Nance's voice now. How brave, how courageous Tiger Woods is. Look at him with that limp, having to walk uphill and into the wind with that pronounced limp after crashing his car a few years ago because he fell asleep at the wheel. It was either drugs or alcohol. We're not sure, but geez, we didn't want to get into it with the coroner's office. Luckily, he's not dead. I heard they almost amputated that leg. Have you yeah. heard that? Oh, yeah. Will people stop saying that, that he had his leg amputated and shit like that? He didn't have his leg. He wasn't even close to having his leg amputated. He told you that. No other doctor that ever said anything about it. It was Tiger saying, oh, doctor told me I'm lucky to keep my leg. Bullshit. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, of course, like at the, and now it's, uh, uh, here's Tiger Woods for the media. Uh, Tiger, uh, have you considered that, uh, you know, with your health and everything, and this might be your last master's tournament? Like, I'm like, come on, is this the most beautiful softball question? Did Tiger go up to the guy and go, do me a favor, ask me if it's going to be my last tournament. Has it been kind of perfect? Right. The way he can control the narrative and he loves this shit. So he's like, oh, my last tournament. Well, yeah, I thought about that. Maybe <laughs> so. Headline, headline, could be Tiger's last tournament. Oh, come on. He's like 47 years old, and he's saying this could be it. Fucking Sandy Lyle's out there at the age of 65 playing. Larry Mize is 64. Still goes out there, right? And they're not even close to Tiger Woods. Come on. Yeah, but they didn't almost uh, get their leg amputated, Hebsey. Oh, that's right. Okay. And oh, and they're, the way they talk about it was such reverence. Like, he's a religious figure. Like, Saint Tiger. 
Yeah. Look at the cur look at Jim. Look at the courage it must take to walk up a hill. All right. After almost having your leg amputated. Okay. <laughs> you're not carrying your clubs. You're walking. You're walking up a hill. And that takes courage. That takes guts. That's Tiger Woods. There you go. <laughs> please. I, I love it. Just please. even just for Craig here. Just uh, listen, please. He's competitive. Oh, is he can he win? Win? Are you kidding? He could look at him. He could barely walk. The man could barely walk. When he makes a birdie, it's like, oh my God, that's a miracle the tiger could make a birdie because he can hardly walk because he almost had his leg amputated. <laughs> Love it, Emzy. That's the Masters. And you don't think, hey, as much as everyone is rooting for the Leafs to go far in the playoffs, like at Rogers, the whole world wants to see Tiger Woods make the cut. <laughs> think about this. The guy is the fucking six-time champion, whatever. He made the cut. This is like when the Montreal Canadiens went, went around hockey and these new Habs fans are going they won a round we won one round this is like Tiger making the cut you're talking about multiple championships and you're you're getting excited that he made the cut is that what this has come to oh we hope Tiger makes the cut we want to see Tiger on the weekend no nobody wants to see that I don't want to see him limping home in last place even if he makes the cut I want to see the leaders. I want to see great goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going I'm to disagree if you're right there. There are people like uh, yours truly who won't tune in to CBS this entire weekend unless he finds out on Sunday that Tiger is actually uh, No, you're somewhere. No, you will. You will because there will be more compelling stories than just Tiger. This well, is what you'll see. You'll see that there are some really good golfers and some personalities and a little bit of friction maybe too. You know, maybe Sergio Garcia. I got bad news for you, Hebsy. There's, there's a, a lot of me out there. There's a lot of guys but like that, me Mike, out there. But that's you. Well, there's a lot of casual fans no, no, who no, get no, drawn no, no. in by Tiger. That's you. That's yeah. You. We're, that there's me. a big separation between a golf fan that would watch golf no matter what and a casual fan that's only interested if Tiger to see Tiger only. Oh, but yeah, the thing for is, sure. The other thing is, Mike, my thing is give yourself a little credit. It's possible, <laughs> not likely with you, but possible that you could get caught up in the drama of the actual masters, okay, in addition to watching what Tiger's doing. It's possible. Anything's possible. It's possible you go, oh my God, look at Corey Connors. I think I might have to watch. It's possible. That's all I'm saying. It's possible. By the way, Canadians, top Canadian, Mike Weir, the 2003 Masters champion shot even par. Corey Connors finished at one over. Adam Svensson plus three. Mackenzie Hughes uh, plus four. Uh, Svens uh, Connors was awesome last week in the Valero Texas Open. He won it. It was great. His wife and young child were there. It was beautiful. Uh, in tennis, no Canadians in action this weekend. Layla Annie Fernandez. Layla? 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 Hosted <laughs> by Paulo Bedosa in the second round of the Charleston Open. The Ch -ch Charleston Open. Uh, on the men's side, neither Felix nor Chapo in action uh, this past week, both getting ready for the clay court season. The Monte Carlo Masters begins next week. I always wanted to go to that, not to see the tennis so much, just to go to Monte Carlo. I had an open invitation from uh, Jody Schechter. Jody Schechter was a friend of mine way back when, 40 years ago when I was calling Grand, the Grand Prix for the Canadian Grand Prix and Jody Schechter was uh, the Ferrari, the number one driver for Ferrari. Wow. Gilles Villeneuve, the late Gilles Villeneuve was the number two driver and Jody did not qualify. And uh, I asked him if he would come up into the radio booth and call the races with us. And he said, sure. And he was awesome. But anyway, he says, anytime you're in Monte Carlo, you know, you got a place to stay. And I never oh. did. I couldn't, I never managed to get there and probably too late now. I don't, I don't think he would remember. But anyway, <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, finally, you likely saw the brouhaha at the women's NCAA basketball championship, uh, last Monday night between LSU and Iowa. Mike, did you see I that? I was watching, but that was Sunday, I think. Uh, was Sunday or Monday? 
Well, Monday was the men's final. I think the women's was Right, you're right. The women's was Sunday. That's right. Iowa's Caitlin Clark made a uh, you-can't-see-me gesture. Uh, This is new to me. Yeah, new to me, too. gestures, but okay, so you-can't-see-me gesture. Uh, A few times during the tournament, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, trash-talking, chirping, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, uh, engaging the opposition. Uh, What did I have written here? Um, Trash talking, bat flipping, cap spinning, chirp taunting, <laughs> taunt chirping. Um, yeah, I like that. I happen to like that. Uh, it's different when you see women doing it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. You don't see it as often uh, as with men, but uh, it's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, LSU ended up winning big. Uh, and, and as the time was winding down, mm-hmm. um, the last few seconds, while you know they were counting down to victory, uh, Angel Reese of LSU, great player, uh, the tournament MVP, I tracked down Clark on the court and taunted her with the same, you can't see me gesture as her team was celebrating the victory. Right now, a lot of people came out and said, this is bad sportsmanship and this is terrible thing to do. And other people said, wait a second, the girl she was doing it, uh, didn't have any problem dishing it out. So what's the problem? And then it sort of turned into like a, like a, a race war. In fact, I watched the daily show. Um, Roy Wood Jr., the comedian, is a uh, was a guest host, and he had he had a phenomenal and hysterical commentary on that very subject, saying basically that trash talk is good for sports. It is. We loved it when Larry Bird and Magic Johnson trash talked each other. We love that. He says. He says the only thing is that you don't want it starting a race war. Like you don't want it coming down to these two are yapping at each other, and now wait, one's black and one's white. Wait, right? Is this racial? And like both of them are like Caitlin Clark is like, oh, I was fine with the gesture. And like, the, what are you talking about? Right. But people got so up in arms, right? Immediate, the immediate response was, oh yeah, you think it's classless what, what um, uh, Reese did, mm-hmm. but, but, but take a look at what Clark did. And really all you had to do was go to the combats. I mean, Caitlin Clark was like, no, I'm fine. I get it. If I'm going to trash talk, I got to be able to take it. I can dish it out. It's part of the game. Great. But everybody else, and I, my, I think I mentioned this to you before, Mike, there's a lot of people out there that they feel for other people. They think they know how others feel. And so they stand up for them immediately. They're not necessarily hurt by it, but they believe that someone will be hurt by it and they stand up. So people, it may not be a racial thing. People might say, hey, you can't say that. You're going to offend black people if you say that. And immediately it becomes this, oh, she's white. She's black. She did this. She did this. She was accused, obviously, by white people of doing it. And suddenly you've got yourself a, you got yourself a race war, a trash-talking race war. And, I, and I'm thinking, man, this is, you know, imagine if these two go to the WNBA, which they will, and they're playing against each other. This is like bird versus magic. It started in college. Yeah. One was white, one was black. It just happened to be a, like a great fit. It was. And it's, and throughout their career, they were associated with each other. One happened to be black, one happened to be white. In this case here, you've got two females, one black, one white. Both fantastic college players. Both are going to be superstars in the WNBA. How's that for a trajectory? Now get us a franchise, Hebsey. Get one in Toronto. Uh-huh. I'm ready. Um, the best part of it, President Joe Biden's wife, Jill, Jill Biden. Wanted after you know seeing that exchange and, and great sportsmanship or that lack thereof, whatever she suggested that the White House invite both LSU and Iowa to to the White House. 
because of what they did for women's college basketball, set unbelievable television ratings. And Angel Reese is like, uh, no. Like, that's fucking stupid. No. Why should they come? They lost. We beat them. We're the champions. <laughs> oh, man. So LSU will be the team going to Washington, uh, Iowa. No. But I'm with you that it has been racialized, uh, which is unfortunate. And uh, because, I mean, the optics of these teams, I watched a lot of this March Madness, Women's March Madness, and was thoroughly entertained. But Caitlin Clark was wildly uh, prolific, like fantastic. But that Iowa team was super fucking white, okay? Like a very white team, just optically. And of course, Ellis. But wait a, but wait yeah. a second, though. But come on. What? All right? You're talking about Iowa. Yeah, I, I know. The, oh, I'm not saying no, no, no. I'm you, saying it's Iowa. It's no, not, no, no. LSU is in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yeah, but I'm that's not my bet, point. I'm going to bet you. Yeah. I'm going to bet you that the population of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, is percentage-wise, are way more blacks. It's much more mixed than it would be in in freaking Cedar Rapids, Ames, Iowa. Where's the University of Iowa? I'm trying to think. Des Moines? Oh no, but I have no. I don't. I don't care that uh, no, an Mike, Iowa team is you, white. Mike, yeah? Just the way you said it. Yeah. Just no, it's a very it. white team. Like it's, just is racist. Just the way you said it. How so? Explain. They're so white. What if you were to say they're so black? Meaning that the number of players on the court of their Mike, their uh, Mike? are, are more racialized on black, LSU than uh, what's that? LSU team was all black, weren't they? Uh, mostly, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but that's but that's what I'm saying. This is my point. This is why. The racists are going to racist, right? I believe this is why there was this double standard with Angel and Caitlin, because uh, there is systemic racism. And even people might not even be conscious of the fact mm. that they have an issue with Angel doing this. Meanwhile, Caitlin Clark is, uh, you know, uh, chirping the whole tournament, right? Because it's very competitive. I love yeah, it. But, 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 but the optics of were yeah. that why did Angel follow Caitlin follow her around as if, you know, winning the, the oh, initial yeah, with thing the, was, uh, the ring, wait a minute, she, ring. Uh, she rubbed it in. Like there's right. chirping and then there's rubbing it in. Rubbing it in would be, you're going to win anyway. And as the clock is ticking down, you're following the girl and you're showing the thing. And so at that time, okay, it was over the top. Uh, fine. But, but is, was it so unsportsmanlike compared to what Caitlin Clark did? No, because you're coming. No, Caitlin no, Clark I know. Never, had That's Caitlin Clark never done a thing, never yeah. made the gesture, ne nothing. Uh, and then this girl went after her. That would be classless and unsportsmanlike. But I mean, you've got to be able to dish it out. You've got to be able to take it if you can dish it out. And I'm sure Caitlin Clark did not think after she did that, that, that she was going to be exempt from any of it. My point is, this is a non-story, except for the fact that it's all been racialized because of yes, that. This is my point. If these are well, no, two no, 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 no. Yeah. If they were both black or they were both white and they were like, chirping each other to that point where one chased the other one down at the end, you would see something of it. Nothing like this. Like I, the you fact, don't know that. I, well, I don't, I you can't don't know uh, that. do time you don't space know continuum that. You don't reset. Know that. You don't know that, Mike. You're just no, speculating. We can, all, we right can all, we can all, Mike, Mike, assume. you know as well as I do that every white supremacist, if he saw two black women doing that to each other on the court, okay, could easily, easily start just as much you know, a controversy, et cetera, as a white versus a black. Any uh, white racist could do it, anyone. And by the same token, if it was two white women doing that to each other, I'm sure that there might be some, you know, the blacks. It's just the way people are. And you're talking about social media where it's super easy. Super easy. For but I don't think we're talking about it now. Like, I don't think this is a Hebsey on sports discussion at the end of, uh, really? of this conversation. Well, if what? it's not a black woman doing that to a white woman. That's what well, I'm just saying. I don't, I think that's why it became a big story. Well, you're story. wrong. No, you're wrong. Because if cameras caught it and there was a controversy about it, 
Okay. I don't care if it's two hockey players or two women's basketball players. We always show it. We always show people that are going to fight or argue. We do it all the time. Yeah. But a week, uh, whatever, this many day, days later, Mike, my show was last Friday. Yeah, I know. I don't think it would have made it happened yet. Mike. <laughs> I okay. don't think competitive taunting makes the cut. If it wasn't the big blow up because it was a black woman doing it to a white woman. That's your opinion. I know. That's all I got though. And you're entitled to it. <laughs> and with that, oh my God, we've run over our allotted time. Okay? Join the following program already in progress after this edition of Hebsey on Sports. That's it for the show, episode 328. Hope you enjoyed it. Good Friday. Um, happy Passover, uh, Ramadan, uh, whatever you're acknowledging, celebrating, commemorating. Uh, have a great weekend. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Hit him up at Toronto Mike and listen to his excellent podcast. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Have a sensational weekend. We appreciate you listening. Uh, tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, we'll be back with another exciting episode of Hebsey on Sports next week. Until then, so long for now.